Welcome back to episode three of the Title Town podcast. We got a lot of football to talk today. Uh, mainly, I'm going to make a record prediction tweak involving one of the NFL's most controversial teams. Before we get to all of that, though, we are joined by fantasy football expert Eli Kogan. Eli, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. That's great to hear. Now, we got a lot of fans out here relying on your fantasy intel here. So I was wondering if you could give us a couple of fantasy football sleepers this season, guys who you think are going to uh, outperform their ADP. Well, Nick, I, I have a couple fantasy football sleepers. I have uh, one for each of the main positions besides tight end. So first, I'd like to start off with Geno Smith at quarterback. Um, on ESPN, he's going around pick 121, but he's the QB5 last year. And not to mention, he has added Jackson Smith and Jigba, one of my favorite college players. Um, so I think it's just outrageous that he's going that, that low. Okay, in- interesting. Um, I'm a little concerned about Jackson Smith and Jigba's injury history. Um, now, that could be the fault of the poor medical staff at The Ohio State University. But I'm just wondering, does that concern you, at, concern you at all? I know he had a couple injuries build up last year, missed almost the entire season. No concerns with that? Well, I mean, I, I don't have any concerns with that, especially because they have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So when, when concerned with Geno Smith's um, fantasy football value, I don't think Jackson Smith and Jigba's injury history has anything to do with that, really. I think Geno Smith will be a a top 15 quarterback, maybe even top 10. So that he's going so low is just, it's, it, it's fraudulent to me. Fraudulent. Yeah. That that's an electric Seattle offense. They got Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker in the backfield now too. Great wide receiver trio, probably the only one in the league that can compete with Cincinnati's uh, good pick there. Uh, what about at the running back position? Uh, so running back, I have uh, Khalil Herbert. So he's the RB1 in Chicago, um, but he's going around pick 115, which is after, you know, a lot a lot of guys who are not going to get the volume or the usage like Khalil Herbert, especially in a Chicago offense, which loves to run the ball. Yeah, and, and you saw him in that preseason game, taking that 56-yard screen to the house. Really impressive. Uh, one concern, though, uh, Justin Fields obviously going to take a lot of his carries. Justin Fields, not a great throw over the football. Maybe he'll improve a little bit now that he has DJ Moore in that offense, but just not sure the workload that Khalil Herbert will get with Justin Fields taking all those carries. But I do think he's going to be a really explosive pass catcher, so definitely definitely not a bad pick there. Well, I, I'm not worried about Khalil Herbert's workload. Um, in a couple games with Justin Fields last year, uh, he, he had a lot of workload, especially with uh, David Montgomery gone. Um, Khalil Herbert will, will definitely get a lot of touchdowns this year, a lot of passing upside. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely a lot of upside there. Yeah, definitely, definitely could be a guy that you can insert into your starting lineup week after week. Great pick there, Eli. Uh, do you think you could give me a wide receiver sleeper as well? Well, I, I have two wide receiver sleepers. These are deep picks, which uh, which are coming in the late rounds of the draft. Um, the first one is Romeo Dobbs. He is the Packers wide receiver too. Um, and he's going around pick 167, which is after most, some kickers and some defenses come off the board. So I think that's, that's very low for him. Some In some leagues, he doesn't even get drafted. And I think his practice squad connection with Jordan Love will be on full display this year. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see the value there to adding him in those late rounds when you might be adding a kick or a defense, guys that are more interchangeable. One thing to note, though, I, I, I've been reading out of Packers practice, uh, rookie tight end Luke Musgrave is making a pretty big impact there getting some targets from Jordan Love. So he could also play a big piece in that offense. Dobbs, though, for sure, especially if you're getting him at that type of value, worthwhile add to your bench. 
Yeah, and I have another deep wide receiver pick uh, out of the Browns, out of Cleveland. I have Elijah Moore. He is also the Browns wide receiver too, but I, I could see him in a, a Debo, Debo Samuel role for the Browns this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely, that offense could definitely be explosive. I personally don't think they're going to be. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to return to his 2020 form. But if that offense does turn out to be, as many people expect it will be, a, a, one of the top offenses in the league, I definitely think Elijah Moore is going to get some touchdowns. He's going to get a lot of touches. Certainly some upside there. All right. Thank you for those sleepers, Eli. Now I think it's time we go over to the other side of things. Do you have any fantasy busts for us? Well, these, these might be a little bit more sizzling hot than my uh, fantasy sleepers. My fantasy sleepers were are pretty pretty well known, but um, my busts, I'm going to start off with a very highly thought out quarterback out of Kansas City. I think Patrick Mahomes is a bust this year. He's going around pick 12 on ESPN. That is the second round. And on he is ranked 14 on Fantasy Pros. I think that is absolutely ridiculous when you can rate, wait one round for Jalen Hurts or wait four rounds and get Justin Fields. So I think the value is not really there with him, especially when Jalen Hurts averaged more points per game when he was healthy during the season. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think Mahomes' rushing upside is much less than quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, uh, Lamar Jackson, even Justin Fields. So I definitely like where you're going with that there, though. Just to clarify for the listeners, though, he's speaking in terms of ADP. I'm sure you think Patrick Mahomes is still going to have a solid regular season, um, as he usually does. But when you're drafting a quarterback in the second round, especially with that the positional value that quarterback position offers, which is very little. Um, it's just definitely not worth it to draft a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who, despite his amazing arm talent, will not be getting the rushing yards or rushing touchdowns of other quarterbacks in the league. I, I, I wholeheartedly yeah, agree. You can, wait. you can wait for Geno Smith in like the 12th round. You can wait for Trevor Lawrence in the 7th or 8th round. So all these guys, I think, are, are poised for a breakout year. And I think Patrick Mahomes just doesn't possess that upside, which you want out of a first or second round pick. Fair enough. Um, moving on to my wide receiver bust, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Debo Samuel. Um, I've never been that big of a Debo Samuel fan. However, this year I think he will he will definitely he'll, he'll definitely bust. Um, in terms of his ADP, he's getting drafted ahead of Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, and Jerry Judy, and one pick or one to three picks behind Chris Olave, which I think all of, all of whom are going to have big years, I believe. Um, but I just don't see the volume uh, with Debo Samuel in that San Francisco offense with Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. I mean, it's Brandon Ayuk season. If that isn't clear to you, I don't know what you're doing. Brandon Ayuk clearly going to get the most touches in this 49ers offense for the wide receivers. Um, they have a great tight end, great running back who's going to get a lot of volume. Uh, definitely more concern at QB than you'd like. But if any 49er receiver is going to break out this year, it's going to be Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel is not returning to his 2021 form. You saw regression last year. And I believe you're going to see more this year. I agree with you, Eli. Yeah, and and here's my my running back sleeper. This guy uh, I really like as as a human being. He seems like a great guy. Um, he also, you know, he inspired me last year. He's one of my waiver wire pickups. However, I, this year he's getting a bit overvalued. And uh, this guy's name is Damian Pierce. He's going around pick forty five on ESPN as the RB sixteen. Um, and I know the volume is there, but um, I would rather have I would, I'd rather wait around for Rashad White or Miles Sanders or James Conner, and then use the pick to get somebody who can who possesses a little bit more upside, like Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely Pierce was a great value pick last year. 
the ADP has risen this year. I still think he's going to have similar production, um, but I definitely agree with you. Pick 45 seems a little bit too early with him. One thing to note on running backs like Rashad White and James Conner, though, I'm a little concerned about some of those high-volume guys that run with little efficiency. Uh, there could be backups that start to get more carries. I have the same worry about guys like Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. Just not as explosive, not as efficient. Backups could come in and take over a lot of the workload in those types of backfields. So just be a little cautious when you are drafting those guys that they may not be getting the volume at the end of the season when it matters in the playoffs that they are in September. So not only is he a fantasy football expert, uh, Eli is also a diehard Philadelphia Eagles football fan, or so he claims. Um, And I think that opens up some conversations here. I previously stated I thought the Eagles were going 13-4, and um, that they were going to win the division, have a similar season to what they did last year. But I went back and looked at their schedule yesterday, and now I'm not so sure. The Eagles played an extremely light schedule this past year. Um, they play an extremely difficult schedule this year. They kind of had all, all their chips fall in the right way last year. Everything kind of went right, not a lot of injuries. But I just thought it would be a fun exercise here to go through this Philly schedule with Eagles fan Eli and just see kind of what what's going to happen. So they start off week one against the New England Patriots, Eli. Uh, at New England, Bill Belichick's a great coach. There are concerns with the New England offense, not very explosive. What do you think? Well, I mean, come on. It's it's the Eagles. The Eagles, uh, I don't see any weaknesses this year. Uh, you look around their, their roster, their defensive line, incredible. You know they they're reforming the Georgia the Georgia defense, which was dominant in college. Um, there's there's not really any weaknesses, which I think the Patriots can expose, especially with an offense, which you know I, I see Ramondre Stevenson as the as their biggest biggest player. Um, I don't see Mac Jones doing much, especially with this type of season he had last year. So I'm not I'm not really worried about that game. I think that's one of the easier ones on the season. I'm I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt there. I think the Eagles are gonna get that victory. One thing just to kind of to note here, um, Malik Cunningham, dual threat quarterback coming out of Louisville. He is a rookie for the New England Patriots. I think third string, but he's gotten some time in the preseason and he's impressed me. Do you think that he'll make any impact at all for the Pats this season? Well, I've heard that he's he's been he's been practicing at wide receiver, so I think over time he might he might become a big part of that Patriots offense, but week one, I don't, I don't see him um, playing any sort of role in, in the game against the Eagles. All right, so a 1-0 start. Week two, primetime Thursday night, home versus the Minnesota Vikings. Primetime Kirk Cousins. I don't think there's much more to say about that. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think you said it. Primetime Kirk Cousins. He's known for not doing well in primetime. The Eagles beat the Vikings last year um, in a season which you said was very, very easy for them, a cakewalk. Um, but I think, again, I think this will be a closer game, but I think the Eagles will come out with a victory. The Vikings have a lot on the offensive side to offer. I really like Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson. But on defense, I, I think they're very weak again, and uh, the Eagles will have no, no problem scoring a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no arguments from me there. And then you get to Tampa Bay, week three. I think this is Monday Night Football. Um, again, I, I don't know about this one for the Eagles. I really like Baker Mayfield. I always thought he was the guy in Cleveland. I think Cleveland ga- gave up on him much too early. He's been in some unfortunate situations. And I actually like this Tampa team a lot more than other people do. Tampa has this game at home. Obviously, you still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and a lot of remnants of the Tom Brady era. I think Tampa Bay could make some noise this game. What do you think, Eli? Well, if Tampa's an aging team. I, I think there's no doubt about that. I think Baker Mayfield has 
has passed whatever prime he had. I think he's he's barely scraping out the starting spot right now. Um, I mean, I'm a little bit worried that uh, that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin might burn the Eagles for a couple of touchdowns, but I don't think they will be able to um, outscore the Eagles in what might be a, a little bit of a, a touchdown fest. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's a little bit of uh, leftover feelings here from you when Baker Mayfield went into Ohio State uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners and planted that flag straight into your field and straight into your heart. Um, I, I do think that there's probably a little bit of saltiness left over, clouding your judgment there. Um, I'm giving the Eagles a loss against Tampa Bay. I, I think Tampa Bay is a sleeper team. I think they could go above 500. Uh, all this nonsense about them tanking for Caleb Williams, Baker Mayfield's not going to let him tank. Uh, Baker Mayfield is that guy. He is a franchise quarterback in the NFL. And when you have those weapons on offense, especially with this Eagles secondary that I don't think is as strong as last year, obviously they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Lions. Um, I'm, I'm giving them an L here. I'm sorry. Oh, what's what's weak about the Eagles defense? Well, I understand James that they did. Bradbury and Darius Slay weak. Well, I mean, James Bradbury needs to get his hands off the opposing player's shirts. Maybe that would help him out a little bit. I, I don't know. This is this is coming from a, a Bengals fan, you know, where Eli Apple was, you know, against against uh, some of the Rams' best best wide receivers like Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. So I don't know about his expertise on the defensive side. I just want to cast some some doubt over there and. As for as for the comments on Baker Mayfield planting a flag in Ohio State's field, I am I am salty about that. I do, I do not like Baker Mayfield. I think he's a he's a he's a good guy. However, he's just not a great football player. He reminds me a lot of Tim Tebow, um, with how he started his career, but how it's going to finish. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're entitled to your own opinion there. Uh, speaking of Eli Apple, he was a great player for the Bengals. Uh, he gave up one one-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl, the Triple Crown winner uh, at wide receiver for that season, and the Super Bowl MVP. No shame there, Eli. You had a great career for the Bengals. Eli Apple, you had a great career for the Bengals, man. Um, and you do not deserve this hate. Uh, I'm very sorry. Uh, but going back to the Eagles, yeah, I'm I'm giving them two and one through the first three weeks. Uh, and now they head to Washington. October 1st, or sorry, they're home against Washington, October 1st, 1 p.m., um, Sam Howell at QB. Washington is a team that gave him a little bit of trouble last year, uh, but I don't think anything interesting is going to happen in this first matchup. Give me the Eagles there. Thoughts? Well, I'm actually a little bit worried about this game, more so than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that the Eagles might actually lose this one. Um, the Eagles have had trouble with the Commanders in the past. Um, they've actually had trouble with them opening opening weeks the past couple years. So I I think the Eagles might lose this one, but I think they're sitting at three and one. Either way you look at it. All right, fair enough. There. Um, Sunday, October eighth, in Los Angeles against the Rams. Now, in my record prediction in the previous episode, I said I had the Los Angeles Rams going 11-6, and six, and I don't really understand all of the hate that they're getting. I think Cooper Cup is due for a huge season. I think if Matthew Stafford can stay healthy, the entire Rams offense is due for a huge season. Even if Stafford does get injured, I like Stetson Bennett being back there. I think he can operate that offense well. But assuming Stafford's healthy, I had them at about 11 wins. Aaron Donald is obviously a menace on the defensive line. Give me the Rams in this game. Uh, I don't think there's much more to say about that. Well, I, I think the Rams, Cooper Cup is about as injury-prone as you get. I think the turf might be getting him. Um, you know, he's he's already injured with like a couple practices into the season. So I don't see a problem for the Eagles here, um, especially with, you know, Matthew Stafford coming back. I He's just not the same anymore. He had that one one good season. Um, in 2021 with the Rams, but uh, last year he battled injuries, and I think he'll he'll battle injuries again this year, um, just because he's aging. And I think the Eagles' defense will definitely definitely sack him a lot in this game. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, couldn't disagree more with the Cooper Cup thing. You know, I think he's a player with a lot of grit. You know, he's a real good guy in the locker room. A lot of toughness, sneaky athletic. You know, he's just he's just that type of player that you want on your team. And I think that 2022 injury-riddled season, uh, if you look into it more and look at the first eight, nine weeks that he played, he was outstanding. Um, he was uh, mimicking some of the production he had in the year before. So I like Cooper Cup to go off this season, and we're going to have to agree to disagree on this on this LA Philly game because I'm not even sure it's going to be close. Well, I've, I've also heard that Aaron Donald is rumored to go to the Eagles. So adding to that defensive line, I don't might be a, might be even more of a problem. Well, when I see that happen, I will take that into account in my evaluation of this game. But until I do, uh, give me the Rams. All right, week six, Sunday, October 15th in New York against the New York Jets. I think you guys have a three. I think the Eagles have a three and two record going into this game. Um, Again, I'm not very high on the Eagles. However, I'm even lower on the Jets. I do not think Aaron Rodgers has it in him to take this team to the next level. I said before, I thought I had I had the Jets with a below 500 record. I like the defense. Sauce Gardner is obviously a great cornerback, um, but their O-line is extremely shaky. Aaron Rodgers was extremely shaky last season. I think he is more trouble than he's worth. Total diva. Um, and I don't like him. I don't like his chances of turning around this Jets franchise that has been poverty in the past decade and making them relevant at all. So uh, give me the Eagles in this one. Well, I, I agree with you on the on the Eagles, but I think your personal bias is, is clouding your judgment a little bit. I think the Jets will have a, a very successful season. I do not see them going far in the playoffs, but I think they will have a better season than they have over the past couple years. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers will, will have a great season. I think Garrett Wilson is poised for a breakout year. I think he might be the best wide receiver this year. Um, just, just something's in the water in that Ohio State wide receiver room, and I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave will will definitely be having breakout years. Um, but I, yeah, I still see the Eagles winning this game. I, although I do see this as a an injury riddled game for both teams. I, I don't like the matchup on the turf at MetLife. Um, yeah, this might be a, a season changer for the Eagles. Hopefully we can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, definitely definitely remember back to those games that San Francisco and, and I think it was 2020 played at MetLife Stadium against the Jets and the Giants and their entire roster got injured. Definitely not very not a very high-quality stadium. Um, Very possible that the Eagles could have injuries, but you just got to hope for the best. Um, Going back to the Jets, one other possible thing that could happen for them this season, I could see them going about 14-3, and three, getting that one seed in the AFC, um, and then playing some team like the Miami Dolphins, right, at home. Uh, Aaron Rodgers should win the game, and then he throws 180 yards a pick and loses, goes home, and gets a lot of excuses. So that's another alternative for the Jets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers likes to do that. He's done that essentially all my lifetime besides his one lucky wildcard Super Bowl run. Um, so that could happen, but I think he is not good enough to get them to that 14-3 and record anymore. Uh, he will lead them to about an 8-9 and record. All right, week seven, Eagles are now 4-2, and two, uh, playing at home versus the Miami Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. That's going to be an electric one. What do you think you got? Well, I think it's another Eagles Eagles W. Um, the Dolphins obviously have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, but this season I think Tua Tua will be their Achilles heel again. I don't think he is the caliber quarterback the Dolphins need. Um, preseason, he hasn't been looking great. In practices, he's been throwing a lot of interceptions. So I think he will continue to struggle, and I think that is the reason that the Eagles will win. The Eagles will outscore the Miami Dolphins, um, even though Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will try their best to help the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's 
there's a lot of concern about Tua, not just his uh, arm strength, but also his injury history. Will he even be playing in this game? Will he be retired at this time? Uh, I personally really like Tua. I think he's a good guy. I hope he stays healthy. Um, and I hope the Miami Dolphins are good because I think they're explosive. I think they're fun to watch. But I think they're going to be getting out of the warm Miami October weather, coming up to Philadelphia. It's going to be cold. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. I can see Tua throwing a couple of picks there. Um, just has the feeling like the Eagles are kind of going to kind of overwhelm the Dolphins in this one. I'll give them the win. I'll give them five and two. Um, at Washington the next week, I think this one's a little bit dicier than at home versus Washington was. Um, but I still think Sam Howell is not going to be able to take that next step and lead the Commanders to a victory. Uh, what do you think, Eli? Well, I think Eagles are going to split this series one way or another. I think Sam Howell will have a pretty good year for the Commanders. I do not see it as a an incredible year, but I think he will definitely re- lead them to a, about a 500 record. Um, but I, I see Eagles either winning the week, the week four game against the Commanders or winning this game. Um, especially, especially since, you know, Sam Howell has so many weapons. Um, there's Eagles will, will lose one of these games. Uh, commanders, as I said earlier, have been a, not such a favorable matchup matchup for the Eagles. So that's, that's what I see. Again, definitely some weapons on this Washington offense. Um, but for me, uh, and Terry McLaurin, I see a guy that's kind of had excuses made for him his whole career. Um, obviously, coming out of Ohio State, that's a common thing for some of their players. Um, but he hasn't had the best quarterback play, but he also hasn't had the best production. And at some point, you just got to produce to be considered a top 10 receiver in this league. I haven't seen it from Scary Terry. Uh, I don't think we're going to see it this year either with Sam Howell. But that's not just the fault of the quarterback play. I think that's on the receiver a little bit as well. Well, I, I actually see it, I see it way differently. I think Terry McLaurin has had consistent production with inconsistent quarterback play, and with the addition of Jahan Dodson, uh, Antonio I mean Antonio Gibson staying around, Brian Robinson's is fully healthy this year. I think the Commanders could be a, a pretty challenging team to beat this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they could be a solid offense, but I think if they are going to be, I don't think Terry McLaurin's their wide receiver one. I think Jahan Dotson has to step into that role. I, th- I think that's egregious. It, <laughs> Terry McLaurin has been the wide receiver one for the commanders for the past, what, three or four years? Um, and the commander's offense has been hard to watch for the past three or four years. I don't <laughs> think he's that explosive. Sorry. Yeah, but he's, he's had 1,000-yard seasons like almost every year. Um, so, and then they have, they have Chase Young on the defense, another Ohio State alum, um, very solid players all around. Yeah, a lot of injury history for Young, though, too. Just not, not sure the impact that he's going to make. I'm not going to call him a bust yet, but I mean, I definitely think you see some of the guys drafted around him. Uh, I think you had, obviously, Joe Burrow before him, uh, right after was, uh, Jeff Okuda, I believe. He's been kind of a bust, too, out of Ohio State, of course. Um, and Andrew Thomas has been solid. Justin Herbert's been solid. Even Tua, I think, has made more contributions than Chase Young. So, again, clock is ticking. Maybe that will inspire him to a good season. Maybe not. All right. Moving on to Week 9. Uh, right now, I have the Eagles at 6-2, and two, I believe. Uh, Eli has them at 7-1. and one. Um, week nine, home against the Dallas Cowboys, four twenty-five. That's gonna be a really good one. Um, what do you think, Eli? Um, I think the I think the Eagles will will lose this first game against the Cowboys. Um, obviously last year I think they split the series. Um, one one they lost in Dallas and they won in in Philadelphia. The game in Philadelphia I think was. Was I think Dak was injured, um, but I think I think this year the Cowboys are looking pretty good. I think they will be definitely div- divisional opponents worth watching. 
Um, and I think there'll be a threat in the playoffs to knock the Eagles out. Um, so especially in this game, I see the Eagles, I see it being a high scoring game, CD Lamb, Tony Pollard, putting up a lot of points. Um, maybe even Deuce Vaughn getting on the scoreboard. Uh, but yeah, I see the I see the Eagles losing this game. Yeah, I, I do as well. I really like this Dallas offense. Um, the thing I like about it the least is probably Dak Prescott. Um, I think he's poised for a lot of picks this year. But again, I think Dallas, even though it's in Philly, uh, as long as they have their starting quarterback Dak playing, I think they're going to be able to score enough points to beat the Eagles here. So, uh, according to this, these predictions, I have them at six and three going into the Week Ten bye. Uh, and Eli, you have them at seven and two, correct? Uh, yes. All right. So not a bad start, but the schedule only gets harder for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, week eleven at Kansas City on Monday Night Football. Um, and I surprisingly actually have the Philadelphia Eagles taking this one. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are due to regress this year. Um. I see them not making the Super Bowl this year. I obviously have the Cincinnati Bengals making the Super Bowl this year. But even with the regular season, I'm just not sure how Kansas City is going to beat Philadelphia in this scenario. Um, Obviously, Mahomes and Kelsey are a dynamic duo, but I do have Philly taking this one. What do you think, Eli? Well, I think I disagree. I think Mahomes will be will be a constant force in NFL for the next, you know, six, seven years, um, probably longer. So I see this as a big threat to the Eagles. I think it will be a very close game. However, I do see the Eagles winning this game, you know, maybe on a last-minute touchdown. It, this does this matchup definitely does scare me, um, especially at this turning point in the season. But coming off that bye week, I think the Eagles will be fresh and ready to play Kansas City and, and take this W. Yeah, I mean, this matchup is obviously the Super Bowl rematch. It's going to be hyped up to be a great game, probably a shootout. Um, I don't really see that happening. I see both of these teams kind of being letdowns this season. Um, I just don't really like uh, the chances of repeating going back to the Super Bowl for either of these teams. Um, obviously, Kansas City only made it because of a very iffy and actually incorrect roughing the passer call on Joseph Osai. But uh, it is what it is, and Kansas City will be coming back this season with uh, some regression, uh, and give me the Eagles in that one. All right, so Sunday, November 26th versus Buffalo. Uh, this game is going to be played at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. What do you think, Eli? Well, I think I think you just said it. I think Lincoln Financial Field is the biggest advantage for the Eagles in this game. I think the, if they were playing at Buffalo, I think it would be a totally different story. I think Buffalo would take that. But I think the Eagles will will squeak out a victory here. I think Josh Allen has been has been inconsistent, especially against good opponents this past couple of years. So I think the Eagles will will squeeze out a victory. You know, there's nothing scarier than regular season Josh Allen. And I, I disagree with your take about him playing good teams. Um, Josh Allen in the regular season has been fabulous. Obviously, playoffs have not gone his way. Um, but I don't think the Bills are going to be phased, obviously, by the weather in Philadelphia. If anything, it'll be it'll be better than what it is November 26th in Buffalo. So give me the Bills in this one. Okay. Week 13 versus the San Francisco 49ers in Philadelphia. What do you think, Eli? Well, I think, again, it's in, it's in Philadelphia. Home field advantage, fans on the Eagles' side. I see the, the 49ers being pretty beaten up at this part of the season. Usually they have a lot of injuries. Christian McCaffrey, you know, I, th- I think he will be injured. But at this time of the season, 49ers have a history of their running backs getting hurt. Um, so I see the Eagles taking this one. San Francisco, I don't see them putting up that much of a fight. I think, you know, quarterbacks might get injured. I, I, Brock Purdy, inconsistent quarterback play. I don't, I don't see the 49ers having a great season. 
Um, I see them still maybe winning their division, but I see the Eagles taking this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to get a lot of agreement from me here. Um, San Francisco, I said in my record prediction in my previous episode, I think they're going 10-7. and seven. I think they're finishing third in their division. Um, not as high on them this year. You know, they're, they're a good team. They're a physical team. Um, they lost defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. He's now the head coach with the Houston Texans. So not sure how the defense is going to look this year. Um, give me Philly in that one. Now, week 14 is a big one. Uh, Sunday night football rematch with the Dallas Cowboys, a game that you uh, had them losing earlier uh, against the Cowboys on November 5th. What do you think will happen in this matchup? I think the Eagles will will win this game. Um, I I don't see Dak as a as a prime time player. I think he will be the downfall of the Cowboys team in this one. Um, the Eagles have been known for you know making adjustments, mid game adjustments, you know, games against divisional opponents for the second game. So I think the Eagles will make the adjustments um, both on defense. And on offense, I think they will find a way to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for Dallas to sweep Philly this season. Um, Obviously, uh, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, late in the season for the Cowboys, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Uh, And at this point in Week 14, I'm sure something will go wrong. Who knows what it will be, but give me the Eagles in this one. Uh. And so just to recap here, I think right now, uh, through 13 games, I have four losses for Philadelphia. Uh, and Eli, you have the Dallas game uh, and that first Washington game, right? Those are your two losses? Yes, those are those are my two losses. I have two divisional games, two, the two losses. All right, so you got them at 11-2. and two. Uh, I got them at 9-4 and four through uh, 13 weeks of the season. Getting to the playoff push here for the Eagles. Uh, if they're at 9-4, and four, uh, not exactly sitting pretty with the schedule that they have remaining. But uh, definitely a lot of uh, potential for the playoffs here. Um, looking at Sunday, December 17th at Seattle. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this one, Eli? I, I think the, the Eagles might lose this game. I think Seattle's a very, very good opponent this year. I have them, you know, doing pretty well. I think Geno Smith will have another good year. Jackson Smith and Jigba might be rookie of the year. Um, Obviously, we'll see how much volume he gets in that Seattle offense. But I think it's a very hard win for the Eagles going to Seattle, um, having to deal with the 12th man. I think it will be be hard for them. So So you have them dropping this one? I have them dropping this one, yes. I agree. That's that's a great prediction there. Um, Definitely, this game's wedged in between two divisional games as well. That could play a factor. I do like Geno Smith. Um, Not as high on Jackson Smith and Jigba as you are, but you're correct that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are studs. Um, And I think the Seattle secondary is going to be very good this year. Uh, Maybe being able to limit the Eagles' passing attack to a certain extent. Um give me Seattle in this one as well. Uh, so I got the Eagles nine and five. You have them 11 and three heading into uh, Christmas day, 4.30 PM at home in Philly versus the New York football giants. This is going to be a great one. Uh, what's your prediction for this one? Well, I think this will be a blowout. Like last year, the giants, you know, they were having a, a decent season. They come to Philly, they get blown out. Um, I think it's going to be a similar story. I think the Giants will lose this first game to the Eagles. Um, I think the Giants will have a, a wild card, a wild card year. However, I don't think they're going to beat the beat the Eagles at home on Christmas Day. I think that's a very tough one for the for the Giants. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, I like the Giants team this year. Obviously, it's great that they were able to re-sign Saquon Barkley. Um, but they do have a very tough schedule. This game is one of their tough games, and they're gonna drop it. So that will leave them for me at ten and five, heading into week seventeen, um, against the Arizona Cardinals. 
at home. Honestly, it feels like the Eagles are playing every single game at home at this point. Um, but Arizona could be a little dangerous, in my opinion, with Kyler Murray back. Uh, what do you think, Eli? Well, I think, you know, Kyler Murray might be back, but I think the Arizona Cardinals will be well out of the playoff race. So I don't believe that they, they'll they be taking a lot of risks, risks with Kyler Murray. Um, I don't see a lot of threats in their offense. Obviously, uh, Marquise Goodwin or Marquise Brown, um, and we got James Conner, but but I, I don't see much with their offense. Um, Brondell Moore, but you know they will be one of the top five picks in the coming draft. Um, I I think that's all I, all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean I agree that they're not gonna not going to have a great record this season. But I think that's going to be more due to uh, to Case Keenum starting until October. Um, This may come as a shock, but give me the Arizona Cardinals in this game. Why not? It's Christmas Eve. Anything can happen. Uh, Eagles struggled a lot early in the game against the Texans last year, who were the worst team in the league for most of the season. Um, The Cardinals are not a great team, but Philly will struggle. It's wedged again in between two divisional games against the New York Giants. Um, give me the loss here for Philly. I think I think that's I think that's egregious. I think um, I think the Arizona Cardinals might win two games this year. I think Kyler Murray is not enough to save the Arizona Cardinals. I don't see any redeeming factors on their defense. Can you name one player on the Arizona Cardinals defense? Um, Buda Baker. Oh, that's that, that is, he, he might be their only good. He's player. a great player, uh, and I I see him picking off Jalen Hurts multiple times in that matchup. Wow, I I think this is egregious. I think Nick's football takes are heavily biased against the Eagles and for the Bengals. Um, yeah. I haven't mentioned the Bengals in a while, actually. Yeah, uh, you came on here to defend your team. I, I'm not sure how good of a job you're doing, but but that is why, that is your purpose here. Um, All right, week 18. So I have them at 10 and 6. Again, not a bad record, but definitely not up to last year's standard. You have them at 13 and 3, I believe, which is up to last year's standard. Um, They are playing in New York against the New York football giants. Uh, What are your opinions on this one? Well, I think by now... The Eagles have clinched, you know, playoffs. I think they have clinched the division. Um, and I, I see them I see them losing this game. I think they will rest a couple of their players, um, especially in the second half of this game. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Eagles might lose this one. But that, that puts them at 13-4 and four and ready for the playoffs. Yeah, um, definitely going to be a loss here, but not for the reasons that you're stating. Speaking of the playoffs, uh, the New York Giants are going to need to win this game to get into the playoffs. They're a good team. I like Daniel Jones. I think he's a borderline top 10 quarterback in the National Football League. Um, However, looking at the Giants' schedule this year, similar to the Eagles, they have to play the AFC East, which is a tough division, and the NFC West, which is also a tough division. They're going to be scrambling to get into the playoffs. They're going to need this one. Philly is not going to have a chance at the division because Dallas is already going to have it. Give me the Giants in this one. I think, what do you have them sitting What do you have the Eagles sitting at? 10 and 7. I think you're going to be a wild card team. That, that is egregious. There is no weak spots in this Eagles team, and you have them sitting at 10 and 7. What, what do you have the Bengals sitting at? Uh, 13 and 4, I believe. Oh, my goodness. The 2021 Cincinnati Bengals went 10 and 7 and actually made the Super Bowl. So, definitely still potential in the playoffs. That does not mean I think the Eagles are making the Super Bowl. They are not making the Super Bowl. But I do think they're going to be a wild card team at 10-7. and seven. A lot of divisional losses, a couple of upset losses, especially Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Arizona Cardinals. But again, any given Sunday, anything can happen. Who, who do you have, who do you have um, as the weak spots of this Eagles, this Eagles team? Earlier you said that they lost uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Obviously, he's a safety. How, how does that translate to seven losses for the Eagles team this year? Well, I'm glad you asked that. First of all, looking at this offensive line, 
it was outstanding last year. There's no way around it. But there are two things to note here. Number one, uh, it stayed completely healthy almost the entirety of last year. That is unbelievably abnormal um, and will most likely not happen again uh, for the Eagles this season. Second of all, uh, their offensive line is aging. Jason Kelsey is old. Their players are getting older, which not only will increase their chance of getting injured, it will also uh, decrease their level of play season after season. Well, well, I think I think you're wrong in that aspect. I think obviously Jason Kelsey is a Hall of Fame center, um, and then and then they have they have incredible they have incredible depth. You know, they, they I mean Lane Johnson is is an absolute beast at tackle. Jordan Mailata, obviously very good. I, I believe he was he's been All Pro before. I might be wrong on that. Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. He is a 24 year old guard. Um, he, he was incredible last year and I, I don't see this as an aging team, Nick, I, especially the offensive line. Jordan Mylott is 26. Um, Cam Jurgens 23. I, I don't, I don't see this, Nick. Well, again, uh, having good starters is one thing. Depth is another thing. And when you look at this Eagles team, uh, due to their offensive line staying healthy last year their backups have not had a lot of reps in actual NFL games. So obviously when your offensive line stays healthy for one year, if they do not stay healthy the next year, the backups are not going to be very well prepared. I'm predicting some Eagles O-line injuries this year, just based off of common sense. Well, well, let's, let's focus. Let's go from the Eagles to the Bengals. So if you're saying that the Eagles will struggle because their offensive line will get injured, and 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 then that's excluding that all the, all the weapons they have, all the court like Jalen Hurts, all the running backs they have, DeAndre Swift. Um, you're ignoring all the skill positions here. So what happens if the Bengals have their offensive line injured? They they have made the Super Bowl, remind you, with a terrible offensive line. Yeah, and, and I think that's actually proving my point here. Um. The Cincinnati Bengals, what he's referencing is our poor 2021 offensive line, uh, starting guys like Isaiah Prince, Hakeem Adeniji, uh, Trey Hopkins, I believe, um, other guys like that, not very good. So uh, not this offseason, but the previous offseason, they went and upgraded. They added uh, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, and Ted Karras to the offensive line to try to improve it. And last year it was slightly improved. However, uh late season injuries to Kappa and Collins caused the Bengals to have to start guys like Jackson Carmen and Max Sharpling in the playoffs. Uh, if you don't know who those guys are, I don't blame you because they're not uh, like highly paid players and they're not expected to be great. However, uh, what I'm referencing here, the problem with the Eagles that I'm referencing here is that their backup their backup O-line has not played a lot of games and gotten a lot of reps. So for the Bengals, this is actually not the case. Due to the fact that a lot of their players got injured last year or were not even on the team two years ago, uh, these guys like Max Sharpling, uh, Jackson Carmen were able to get, even Isaiah Prince, I believe, they were able to get reps, uh, even in the playoffs against teams like the Buffalo Bills. So... If the Bengals do have injuries to uh, new addition Orlando Brown Jr. or uh, solid guys like Cordell Volson, Alex Kappa, or Ted Karras, I think the backups will be ready to play more than the Eagles' backups will be. And one thing to note, Lyle Collins was an absolute stud for the Cowboys. He is now not even starting for the Bengals, so a lot of a lot of optimism about this O-line. But, but what you're saying is that a good good skill position players like Joe Burrow, like Jamar Chase, can carry a team maybe with not as good of an offensive line. What would happen in 2021, it can definitely happen again. So I do not see the Eagles offensive line being their weak spot, especially when you're talking about, you know, injuries being that that weak spot in their offensive line. I don't I this is this is all based on bias personally. Um, Nick, I think you're very biased towards the Eagles. Anything can happen in the season, obviously. However, 
I don't think you can base your predictions on Eagles players getting injured. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. One final note there. Um, when you mentioned how Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, skill position players like that can carry a team to a Super Bowl despite having a good O line, uh, you forgot one thing, and that is that Jalen Hurts is not Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts is not the thrower of the football that Joe Burrow is. He's not the decision maker that Joe Burrow is. He is, uh, for the most part, a product of this Eagles offensive line that was outstanding last year. And I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts isn't a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. What I am saying is a lot of his performance last year is attributed to the success of this offensive line. And I think this team, uh, the success of this Eagles team stems from the offensive line. And I think when that line crumbles, when that line goes down, and I am predicting that it will, uh, it is going to not completely destroy this football team, but it's going to keep them from winning the division and keep them from some storybook 14-3 and season that you have them uh, accomplishing. Well, I mean, obviously the offensive line is the building, building block of every single offense. Obviously, you saw the hard knocks. Uh, clip the other day of Robert Sala talking about the Jets offensive line and them having to clean stuff up. But I think that Jalen Hurts is absolutely on the level of Joe Burrow. I think he is not there yet. I think Joe Burrow is still above him. However, Jalen Hurts has improved every single year he's been in the NFL. He he has had a great preseason so far from what I've seen out of the Eagles camp. and I think that he will definitely be on a level where he can, if if the Eagles' offensive line crumbles, like you say, I think he will definitely be able to to carry the Eagles along with help from DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, um, Rashad Penny, obviously AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. He will be able to to work stuff out um, and get the Eagles to another championship game. Whether that be the Super Bowl, I do not know. I hope it will be the Super Bowl. I hope the Eagles can go for a second. However, I think that he will definitely lead the Eagles far into the playoffs at at the at the lowest of of this of my season predictions. I think that is the worst that the Eagles do. So you believe that thirteen and four is the worst that the Eagles can do? No, I believe that thirteen and four is is the right prediction. However, I'm talking about how far they will go in the playoffs. Um, I think they will at least get to the championship game, the NFC championship game. Okay, okay. Let's just hope that Jalen Hurts' shoulder stays healthy this year so he can get the ball past 25 yards in the air. Well, I mean, I, I hope Joe Burrow's knee stays healthy. I'm not wishing, wishing anything bad on him. Obviously, I'm from Cincinnati. I just hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, yep, I do too, Eli. Uh, thanks a lot for joining the show. Thanks for your fantasy advice. Uh, and for your uh, Eagles opinions. Uh, Appreciate you coming on, and take care. See ya. Thank you, Nick. All right, that's it for today's edition of the Title Town Podcast. As always, if you like the show, feel free to go follow me on Instagram, and I will be back soon.